Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number four. Chef AJ, bold and unstoppable. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like many trees. When you're having dinner with me, broccoli. I am your host, Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Okay, I am so excited today to have the famous Chef AJ. It's an honor and a pleasure to interview you. So Chef AJ is a celebrity in the vegan community, and she has been vegan for 40 years this September. So she has a lot of experience, but something that's interesting about Chef AJ, and the reason that I wanted her to be on this podcast is because During that time, she's made significant changes in her life. So I'm going to ask her about some of those uh, during the interview today. But I also wanted to mention that Chef AJ is the creator of the Ultimate Weight Loss Program that she leads with John Pierre. It's a wonderful community that helps people that are having trouble getting to their healthy ideal weight really get those habits going so that they can reach their goals. In addition, she is the host of Healthy Living with Chef AJ, which you can find on Foodie TV. And every Wednesday, she is so generous that she has a Facebook Live that is open to everybody, which she calls Weight Loss Wednesday. And so that's something that anybody can access on Facebook, and she answers a lot of questions. She will stay extra to answer your questions. She also is the author of the book Unprocessed, and she has a new book coming out soon, which I will ask her about um, towards the end of the program today. So first of all, Chef AJ, thank you so much for being here. And I wanted to um, open up, people can find your story on the internet, but I wanted to ask you to start with going from where you had been with eating a lot of processed, it was still all vegan, yeah, but all you vegan. ate a lot of processed foods and changing your diet over to a whole foods, salt, oil, sugar-free yeah. diet. What has been the habits and behaviors that you have had to implement to make such a dramatic change in your life? <sighs> wow. 
So you're, you're right that I did dramatically change my diet because I was a junk food vegan for 26 of the 40 years, eating sugar, oil, salt, flour. You know, I didn't drink alcohol, but processed food, much of it, most of it probably is vegan. You know, French fries are vegan. Soda pop is vegan. Cotton candy can be vegan. And so I didn't really look at it like what habits I... <laughs> Just eating vegetables. I mean, seriously, like that, that would be the habit, eating vegetables, eating fruits and vegetables, because I didn't eat them for the first 43 years of my life. I kid you not. I mean, I mean, maybe a banana might have snuck in sometime, but really I didn't eat fruits and vegetables for 43 years, which is how as a vegan, I got to almost 200 pounds and the beginning of colon cancer. So I would say that the habit I most focused on first, instead of getting rid of all the crap, which I actually did was to just find ways to eat more fruits and vegetables. And that's a habit that I've kept today. And, and it's a good habit for everybody at every age, at every weight, at every nationality, at every country. There's, regardless of what diet style you follow, I mean, any diet style that tells you to limit fruits and vegetables, run, because those are the healthiest foods on the planet and we need to eat those. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I feel like no matter what expert you talk to, that is the thing that almost everybody has in common. Right, you right. have to eat your vegetables. Absolutely. There might be one or two groups out there that limit fruit, but for the most right. part, everybody agrees fruits and vegetables are the foundation right. to help. So absolutely totally and, they are. and yet Americans eat as little as zero to three percent of their calories from them. You know, Americans eat something like ninety-two percent of their calories from two food groups, animal products and processed food which have no fiber, have no water, have no vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, or micronutrients, they eat less than 10% from fruits and vegetables, and it just keeps getting worse. Exactly. The only thing they have is that hyper palatability, which we talk about a lot in the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, yeah. the group. One thing that you've talked about before is how you had to change your mindset before you were able to change your way of eating. And you said that you didn't really eat any fruits and vegetables until you were 43. Mm -hmm, I right. talked about this in my page, Veggie Fit Kids, the other day. I posted a picture of myself when I was in sixth grade. And I remember my diet when I was a kid. Eggo waffles were my favorite, drenched in butter and not even like real maple syrup. It was that processed stuff like the Aunt Jemima. So yummy. And cereal with lots of milk. You know, I barely had any fiber. But now, just like a lot of people in your group, I wake up craving vegetables yeah, for breakfast. Here. So right. it can happen. But what needs to change in your mindset before you can take those steps to start eating that way if you believe that, no, I'm just like that. I love junk food and I hate vegetables. You know? Right. Well, what has to change? You know, you know Jean-Pierre, who runs a program with me, said to me about seven years ago that until we change this, we're never going to change this, meaning our overweight belly. And so I think your willingness has to change because, you know, it, it, what's that saying? If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're also right. And so, yes, you're genetically hardwired to prefer the taste of sugar, fat, and salt, which is animal products and processed food. That is true. But as they occurred in nature, you know, things like avocado and nuts and seeds, not the way that they're genetically engineered to fool your brain chemistry and to, to addict your palate to these foods. And so it's true that you like it. I get it. Everybody likes it. You probably, there'd probably be something wrong with you if you didn't. So I think what helps is if people know why they want to do this, because if, if they have no reason, you know, I met you on the cruise and I remember one of my first 
consults was with a lady who was maybe 60 pounds overweight and she had no discernible medical problems or difficulty walking and she had a great life and the love of a good man and a good church community and loved her job and she comes to me to lose weight and I said what why do you want to lose weight and she couldn't answer like she had no reason so if you if you have no reason to do it then you're probably not going to do it right come I mean we're we're it's we're natural born procrastinators and the truth is is most people don't make a lifestyle change proactively they do it usually when they're under the threat of the surgeon's nice or knife or having to take medications and a lot of people at that point still won't change but many people won't change until the pain associated with change actually becomes greater than the pain of staying the same mm -hmm. so if you're comfortable in your discomfort you know I don't know if the mindset is going to help unless you you have a I think a compelling reason that you want to do this for me I want to avoid surgery more than anything that's my number one fear in life is general anesthesia and when I broke my knee in 2010, I just didn't, I would, I, I mean, I would literally do anything to not have surgery, even eat right and exercise because as a 19 year old, I almost died from a same day operation because I was allergic to the anesthesia. And they tell me, oh yes, it's safer now. You don't ever get over waking up with it and being resuscitated. I mean, I'm not saying you don't ever get over it, but I never got over the trauma of that because I was actually a respiratory therapist at the time and that was my job. And I wake up seeing my colleagues starting to bag me and gonna, they're going to put an endotracheal tube in. I mean, thankfully I started breathing, but I never got over that. And so I literally would do anything not to have surgery, even eat vegetables. Most people don't, aren't at that point. And it's, 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 it's hard because, you know, if, if they read the book, The Pleasure Trap, a great book by Lyle and Goldhammer, they'll understand why. There's something called the motivational triad where human beings, well, all organisms actually seek pleasure, avoid pain and conserve energy. And so the thought of changing their diet or eating vegetables or exercising, it's just too painful to them. Whereas eating junk food is pleasurable. And so I'm not really sure how a person changes their mindset, but I think Sometimes just adding good stuff into your life can really help. And then you don't have to feel like you're giving something up, you know? And then the, the idea is, is you crowd out the bad stuff by just looking for ways to add more fruits and vegetables, to add more healthy meals, even if you're still eating junk. That's what I recommend to people to do. You know, the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, we have a specific goal in mind. These people generally have suffered from overweight or obesity and lifestyle diseases for a long time. And a lot of them are ready to make the change and do something drastic like eat well. But a lot of people aren't bad enough or sick enough. And so what I recommend is instead of maybe eating vegetables like we do, maybe get my book unprocessed and have a green smoothie or make the disappearing lasagna, something that still tastes pretty darn good that most people will eat so that you're getting more plants in. So crowd out some of the bad stuff with some of the good stuff. And the idea is, is the more good stuff you eat when you start to feel better, maybe some of the less bad stuff you'll eat. And, and, and I think people get scared because they think they're never going to have X, Y, Z again. And it doesn't have to be that way. For, I think for people that are addicted, it's probably better to not, not have X, Y, Z. But if you're just somebody that's struggling with some weight or some lifestyle diseases, you, you know, you have more, uh, the more you have a more liberal approach and still get your goals met. Exactly. I love that point that you brought up because I've noticed that too. Differences in personality. There are some people that are motivated more by avoiding pain mm -hmm. than by seeking the pleasure of not overeating or being overly stuffed right. or, and, and not everybody thankfully suffers from chronic health conditions. Right, so right. each person really has to dig deep 
and find what motivates them because not everybody is motivated by the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dr. Dean Ornish, one of the true plant-based heroes, I heard him speak at the Plantrition Conference and he talked about that, that, that it, you not want to have joy be sustainable and that people will do more to seek joy than necessarily, like you say, to avoid pain. And, and so if they can find, like you say, like the why, like one of the things that I learned from John Pierre, like he works with people like, like to quit smoking. Yeah. That's not something I do. I don't really work with people for that. But one of the things he'll do, for example, is that he'll take their cigarettes and he'll put a picture of their baby granddaughter on it. Mm -hmm. And so that every time, because the, the idea is, 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 is instead of thinking about why you want to quit smoking, you think about why you want to live a long, healthy life because smoking cigarettes could drastically shorten that. And, and a lot of times, especially if people have grandchildren, they want to be there to play with, like Bill, Bill Clinton said that the reason he made the lifestyle change is he wanted to see his grandchildren grow up. So he puts a picture of their granddaughter on the cigarette packet so that every time they go to light up, they got to look at that. Or in the case of a father that maybe wants to walk his daughter down the aisle, a picture of his daughter in a wedding dress, something to motivate them to, to realize that, 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 that they want to, they're, they're there to, they're there to see joy. See, the thing is, is people don't realize that eating the way that you and I eat can be joyful and it can be sustainable because they're so stuck in the pleasure trap and addicted to sugar, fat, and salt. And it takes some time to crawl out of this trap. It takes at least 30 days, for some people 90 or 120 days for this process of neuroadaptation, neurological adaptation to occur for foods to really start tasting good the way that we eat them. And most people won't give it that much, much time. They could go to a place like the True North Health Center in Santa Rosa and do a water fast so that the, the neuroadaptation takes place sooner and the foods taste better quicker, but most people won't give it enough time. Plus the fact that everybody around them is eating crap and considering it normal and people, that's the other thing is psychologically people don't want to be different than the tribe. And it takes somebody that's not only highly intelligent, highly conscientious and highly um, with lots of motivation, but somebody that is not people pleasing, that's willing to kind of go against the grain and stand up for their their health. And it, it is hard. I'm not saying it's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. I love that. And I, I also um, am very thankful that there's places like the True North Health Center that can help accelerate that neuroadaptation. Right, exactly. But I think the first step is for people to believe that it is possible for them. I think a lot of people that were raised on junk food have never liked fruits and vegetables, just believe that they're different, that there's no way they're ever going to like fruits and vegetables. But that is not true. The human body is fascinatingly amazing and we all have the ability to neuroadapt because otherwise there's no way the human species would we have lived this long and flourished. I mean, we would have died if we wouldn't have been able to make use of what we have in the environment without added sugar, salt, or processed oils. Um, and then the other point that you made about that motivation, I love that because whenever we are trying to change our habits, there's a part of our brain that automatically just wants to go the easy route and just continue having the things that make us feel good. So having that picture of the thing that motivates you, whether it's a family member or a goal or whatever, stops that process and allows you to rise up to your higher cognitive brain that says, oh wait, I have a goal, this is important, and it reignites that motivation. So Jean-Pierre is brilliant to do yeah. that for his smokers. That's I why wanted, I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say that's why it's so helpful to be in a, a community, a support group like Ultimate Weight Loss or another one so you could see that other people are manifesting these goals because when they think it's not possible, 
when they see people like Heather Goodwin, who has a YouTube channel who lost 300 pounds, well, then you can't say it's not possible because look at all the people that are doing it. And when you say people say they don't like fruits and vegetables, well, you develop taste preferences for what you habitually eat. And as a pediatrician, you probably know there's only one taste preference inherent in humans, and that's for breast milk. Everything else is learned. There are people in other parts of the world that eat crickets and they think they're delicious. So you develop taste preferences for what you habitually eat. And if you don't like fruits and vegetables, it's because you're not eating fruits and vegetables. Because I'm telling you right now, if I dropped you off at the highlands of New Guinea and the only food there was fruits and vegetables, you would learn to like them pretty quickly. Exactly. No, and that's, that's a great reminder to everybody. Just keep trying, keep believing, you will get there. You have several chef aj isms and one of one of the favorites in our household even my kids say it is if it's in your house it's in your mouth we yeah. love that one and in the group and in your uh, all your materials you talk very strongly and you feel very strongly about changing your environment so that it supports your healthy choices and your desired behavior change can you tell us more about this concept of helping changing your environment so that it helps you with those choices and supports your decisions sure and you know i didn't i didn't make this up by the way this is what's in the research every psychologist i've interviewed like dr lyle who did a wonderful youtube called mastering the environment part one has always said that we have to work harder on our environment than we do ourselves because whatever goal we're trying to manifest whether it's to quit smoking or stop drinking or eat healthfully the environment is the number one predictor of our success, and it either moves us further towards our goal and health or further towards disease and addiction. And so, you know, we use the model of alcoholism because people tend to understand that if somebody is an alcoholic, they can't have alcohol in their house, not a drop, ever. Not, it doesn't matter if they change the type of alcohol or the amount, and that's abstinence. But with food, people don't see it that way, and they they don't realize the power of having these foods that you're either addicted to or prefer in your house if you're trying to avoid them. Now, the idea is, is if all your house had was fruits and vegetables, eventually you'd eat it. And that's why, you know, I've heard other pediatricians in LA, the plant-based ones say, you know, you give your kids two choices, take it or leave it. If they don't, if they don't want to eat, they'll eat when they're hungry. You don't offer them cereal. If they can maybe have something like fruit, but if they don't eat the meal, well, then they're obviously not hungry. Because I really don't believe that people are picky. I believe that people are just not yet hungry because I have seen people at True North, thin people, fast for 40 days on water. So I know that people can skip a meal like, and they'll be fine. But the, if the, if, you see, here's the thing. If, if a mother or a father is trying to get their kids to eat their vegetables, but they know that in the cabinet there's ding-dongs and ho-hos and Newman Oreos, well, kids aren't stupid. You know, I mean, and so that's why, you know, I'm not saying the kids should never have me. I mean, well, if I had a kid, I would never, knowing now what I know, if I had a kid, I would never give it sugar ever and probably never give it flour and of course never give it dairy. And I'm not saying that a parent can tell their kids they can never have these, but the idea is, is they can't have them in the house. They're a treat. You know, we were, we, we grew up kosher and we weren't perfect but we were perfect in the home. And I like that example that my parents set is that the house is clean so that anyone can eat in it. And yes, if you're at a birthday party and you want to eat Susie's cake, you can eat that. You have to understand there may be consequences because it's different than the way we eat, but the house has to reflect your, your ethics, your values and the diet you're trying to have your kids eat because they'll never eat the vegetables when they know there's ice cream in the freezer. Why would they? They'll hold out. They're not stupid. 
And so, you know, if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. It's not a question of if you will eat it, just when. It has your number, it will call to you. It may not call to you every second, but the minute you're vulnerable, because of a bad day or because you didn't eat enough. And so really, you know, when I work with a client in person, I won't even work with them unless I can clean out their house because I just know they won't be successful because it is, it is really the number one predictor and it makes it so much easier. Yes. There are people that will go out and maybe go to Seven Eleven at midnight, but when you make it harder to do the wrong thing, and easier to do the right thing, your chance of success is going to increase. And it's the same thing if you're trying to quit smoking, would you keep cigarettes in your house? Probably not. So the environment, it has to really be like the first thing you do is clean up the environment. And most people are not willing. They make excuses. Well, my family doesn't eat this way. I can't make them. Why not? I mean, why can't you make them? I mean, seriously, like who's in charge? You know, your four-year-old? So that, that drives me nuts. I can understand if like, you have a 17-year-old in the house and they drive and they have money from a job. That's different. But if your kids aren't driving, they don't get a say. You know? But parents so much, they want, to be the, they want to be popular and they want to be the friend. You're the parent. Your kid may hate you today, but they'll thank you when they're not so fat in high school like I was if they don't get asked to the prom or when they don't get cancer in their 40s. So you know, be a parent. Yes, I completely agree. And I think, you know, some parents, it's just hard because we're surrounded by families that they have everything in their house and their eight-year-old has a cell phone. So Mm -hmm. you have to be strong. And I like to empower mothers. And instead of saying you should do this, I say, you know, you are in the position where you can be the gatekeeper of your home. You are the one that sets the tone. Not only do you set the tone for the health and the nutrition, but you set the tone emotionally as well. So once mothers start taking care of themselves, it naturally trickles down. And whenever you're the one buying all the groceries and making all the food, really you don't even have to consult anybody. I do recommend working with your kids so that they can make some choices as far right. as which healthy foods they want to eat. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you don't have to ask them, you know, is it okay if we start eating healthier? No, if you want to be healthier and you want your family to be healthier, just be empowered and do it. And the food can be extremely delicious. So. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we did another uh, YouTube called Mastering the Environment Part 2 with Sharon McRae, who now her children are teenagers, but they were like four and 10 when she switched them over to this way of eating, not just a plant-based diet, but the healthiest version that we recommend SOS free and you know you lead by example and the thing is is if the if the parent is really eating this way and enjoying it the kid will and I agree with you get the kids involved take them to the store and say do you want green beans or do you want broccoli like like if the kid hates broccoli I'm not saying you should force your kid to eat broccoli so let them and by the way you often have to like when your kids are babies and you put the spoon up and they go like this. Do you say, oh, guess he's never going to eat? No, you have to keep offering them. And sometimes you have to try a new food 15 times for it to become a preferred food. But get kids involved in the process. Kids are very proud of things they make themselves. So make a recipe with them. Let them make a hummus. I mean, there are things kids like. Kids tend to like finger foods. And so if you have a bowl of apples and oranges, they're probably not going to eat it. But guess what happens when you cut it up? Oh, well, all of a sudden they will eat it. Same thing with vegetables. If you just have carrots, they're not going to eat it. But if you cut up brightly colored red bell pepper and yellow bell pepper and orange carrots and then make a delicious hummus or avocado dip for them, 
you know what, they're going to eat it and they're going to, and, and also have it visible, have it out so that they can see it, you know, especially when they're hungry and especially when they get home from school. And if, if those are the snacks available, they will eat it. it the re, only reason that they're not eating it is because you already fed them crap and you fed it to them too soon when their brain chemistry was 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 forming in their their palate and again not to make parents feel bad they did the best they could with what they know but now they know better they have to do differently and the best thing they could do is before they even get pregnant start eating healthily themselves because they say that a lot of this food addiction and cravings it starts in the uterus by the mother's diet so you know get your diet a good year before you get pregnant so that you don't have these problems because kids will eat healthy if the parents eat healthy and if that's that's all that's offered, you know? Exactly. I mean, this is what I don't understand is most people would not offer their children under, under age alcohol or cocaine. Yet all the studies now show that sugar is more addictive than either of them. So how do they justify giving that to their children? It, in, I mean, did they, do they not know this? Have they not seen any of the research or seen fed up? So again, unfortunately, you know, sugar, processed food, readily available, socially affordable, easily acceptable. I think the parents need to be advocates in their school. I mean, this whole thing about these birthday parties and feeding kids crap, that shouldn't be allowed. It should not, I mean, they should have fruit socials or, you know, fruit ice cream socials, but Crap should not be served at school. I mean, your tax dollars are paying for it, and I don't have a kid, so I'm not going to be the one that's going to front this campaign, but you need to speak up and make that not okay. It's not okay. Exactly. And I like your reminder that you said earlier that it's important for moms to remember that fetuses can start tasting in the womb. And the foods that you eat, some of them actually get transferred, the flavors to the amniotic fluid. And they've done studies to show that these babies are developing taste preferences before they're born. And it continues during breastfeeding. So the more that a mom can do to eat lots of fruits and vegetables, leafy greens during her pregnancy and breastfeeding and beyond, of course, the better. So the earlier you start, the better. And I agree with you, too, about how pickiness really is something that is taught and reinforced. Absolutely. So, of course, like, you know, if I was a kid and my mom made some steamed greens and it didn't sound appealing and I'm like, I don't want to eat that. Can I have, you know, cereal with milk? And usually it's going to be something like my favorite used to be Cap'n Crunch with Crunch Berries, <laughs> which is pretty much like candy, you know. So, I mean, if she said, yeah, eat that because she's so stressed out that I'm not going to eat then why would I ever eat steamed greens? I mean, I would always want to eat something different. So I think that parents need to feel free to be empowered. It is okay to feed your child healthy food. And in my experience as a pediatrician, I can count on one hand how many times a kid actually went to bed hungry. Most of the time, they're going to be like, I don't want to eat that. And they might go away and they might go to their room, but an hour or two, they're really hungry. And, mm -hmm. you know, you save their food for them in the microwave or in the fridge and heat it back up again and they'll eat it. And usually they actually like it. Absolutely. And I know this because my younger son played this with me for a few years. So I had to hold strong for a while. Yeah, kids, kids, like I say, they're, 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 they're not stupid. And what I would recommend to all parents before they have a baby or as soon as they have one is to read Dr. Fer Dr. Joel Furman's book, Disease Proof Your Child, because he talks about how pretty much all adult cancers are caused by what a kid eats the first 10 years of life. And so those are the critical years. And if you're feeding your kids crap, it's got to stop now. I mean, only you can change this. You can't just say, oh, well, he doesn't like vegetables. Of course he doesn't because you still have crap in the house and because you're letting him have other stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Kids and will 
learn, kids can learn to like it. You know, it's funny you talked about the in utero taste preferences. Dr. Alan Goldhammer, who's been eating this way 40 years, he has a son, I believe Gar is 30 now, and his favorite food is Brussels sprouts. I mean, most people won't eat Brussels sprouts to save their soul, you know, <laughs> and this, this is what happens when healthy people have healthy children. And he was also taught when he was little, he said, when you're a good boy, you get Brussels sprouts and Brussels sprouts are his favorite food, you know? <laughs> and I think this idea of treats, it's very bad because my parents did not allow me to have anything that was considered a treat until I cleaned my plate. And that's not good because that encouraged me to be obese at the age of five from overeating because of course I want the cake and the cupcake, but the only way I can get that is to clean my plate. Well, now I've overeaten and I'm too full. So I don't think food should be used as a reward. I think other things should, you know, like, I don't know whether it's like, like toys or, or whatever, you know, video games or, or special time or something like that, but should, food should never be used as a punishment or a reward. It should, food is food, it's nourishment. And, you know, like I said, you can, my book on process has 40 dessert recipes made with things like cocoa powder and dates and nuts that kids can eat. They'll enjoy them. So it's not that you have to take away all sources of pleasure or even all desserts. I'm just saying, take away the crap, take away the sugar, the flour, and, and make, you can make whole foods dessert that kids really, and that's why in process is really a great transition book because the recipes are much richer than what I recommend to people trying to lose weight. And, and kids will like, many of those recipes. And again, if they don't, you've got to just keep trying. You know, you know, it's sort of like if you're a mother or father and your kid, when they were trying to walk, took a step and stumbled and you say, oh, well, that's it. We're just going to have to carry Johnny around everywhere now. It's quite obvious he's never going to be able to walk. No, you let him get up and stumble. So it's the same thing. That's why it's so much easier to do this before the kid is born because it's so much easier than trying to change the household. It can be done, but sometimes you need professional help like a Dr. Lyle or a Sharon McRae or a Dr. Lancaster to, to guide you. But, but people have done it. And the thing is, is the rewards later on are going to be so worth it. it just, just trust me, guys. It's like, even if your kid isn't overweight, like, like, like acne, things like that. Like I'm, I'm working with Jeff Nelson for the acne intervention product pro, uh, program where People all over the world are following the same diet we recommend in Ultimate Weight Loss for acne reversal, very, very low fat, whole food plant-based. And, and, and so, you know, a kid's appearance is very important to them as they grow up. You don't want them teased or bullied because they have acne or because they're overweight. And, and you can prevent these things with diet, you know? So think about that. But I think a lot of times the parents are addicted themselves to these foods because they want the foods in the house just as much as little Johnny. So that yes. when little Johnny goes to bed, they can have a party. It's tough. Yeah. Very tough. Uh, it's a very tough problem, and we see it a lot. I, I feel bad. And I do kids' cooking classes, so I have the privilege of teaching little children, usually between 6 and 12, about healthy eating and very simple recipes that they can help with. And kids really are increasingly motivated and interested in health. And they want to be healthy and they want to make decisions for their health. So they'll go home. And I think it's funny is that the parents will come back to me later and be like, well, I was going to buy this one food at, you know, the store. And then my son was like, Dr. Yami said, you oh, should start there. And so they get caught in the act and the kids really are trying to motivate their parents to be healthier. So you know, we can't blame it on the kids. Yes, kids do also get addicted. I, I say that one of the food groups here in Yakima is hot Cheetos. Um, oh my God. So they do, but once they learn about health and wanting to be healthy, it makes complete sense to them. And they usually aren't the ones buying the food. So right. the parents need to feel empowered. The other thing I wanted to add to your comment about Dr. Furman's book, which I have and I recommend as well, 
is that not only does it increase the risk of cancer, but if you watch Dr. Greger's videos and look at the research there, we know that by age 10, most humans have plaques that are building up in their arteries. So even though a child is healthy and bouncing around and you know they look fine, they're already in the steps and the building blocks of chronic disease later on. Hey humans, I know you wanna eat healthier but feel strapped for time. And even the thought of meal planning and cooking stresses you out. Well, have you considered trying a meal kit service? Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that make it easy to stick to a healthy living routine. Find recipes for every lifestyle, including plant-based diets. Green Chef delivers quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients, including low added sugar and sodium smart options. You get to choose from 80 plus flavor packed options that allow you to take back time in your kitchen with dinner ready in 30 minutes and lunch in 10. Try 15 plus new recipes every week. But here's the best part. Green Chef delivers everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals directly to your doorstep. Each meal kit includes pre-measured ingredients, as well as some produce that comes already pre-chopped and custom sauces that are pre-made in-house. They also provide the recipe cards and the meals are really simple to make. It's a delicious, fresh, home-cooked meal without the hassle. What I love the most about Green Chef is that it takes the stress out of cooking. The recipes are easy to follow and everything you need is included. So even the less experienced cooks in your house can make a delicious home cooked meal. It's perfect for those seasons in your life that you're really busy with your kids' sports and school events. Hello spring and time is limited, especially if you want fresh home cooked healthy meals to put on the table. So if you're feeling frustrated by the lack of time to eat healthy and you are ready to try Green Chef and see how easily you can integrate it into your healthy lifestyle, go to greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com forward slash I am human five zero and use the code I am human five zero to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with products intended to bring your mind and body back in harmony. They consider themselves a by women and for women company, and they now offer a nutrient-dense green powder called Daily Nutrigreens. Myself and my staff here at Nourish Wellness all tried the Daily Nutrigreens, and we loved it. The Daily Nutrigreens contain an immune antioxidant and detox blend, along with prebiotics, probiotics, and over 35 fruits and veggies. It also contains other important nutrients, such as B12, iron, zinc, and selenium. The daily greens are certified organic and all you have to do is mix it with water, but you can also easily add to your smoothies, your oatmeal, or your baked goods. The daily Nutri-Greens are vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. And another bonus is that the packaging is compostable. Yay! 
When I tried the apple banana daily Nutrigreens, I was surprised by the pleasant and mild flavor. It was easy to prepare and drink and didn't leave any aftertaste. And I felt great afterwards. It's really easy to create a daily ritual around your green drink, integrated into your daily self-care routine. A green powder is one way to fill the gap in daily nutrition and is an easy and convenient way to get in your greens. These powders are a great way to add more nutrients into your diet during busy times, travel, and transitions in life when you don't have time time or access to fresh green veggies. If you're interested in trying Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens, head to myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, that's D-R-Y-A-M-I, for 15% off Equilibria's daily Nutrigreens and much more. That's myeq.com and use code Dr. Yami, D-R-Y-A-M-I, at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And another thing, one of the most common reasons that children visit the pediatrician is chronic abdominal pain and constipation. And so it doesn't affect the parents. It doesn't, you know, they don't get bullied for it, but it does significantly decrease the child's quality of life. Their, Mm -hmm. Their tummies are hurting. They can't poop. And diet is the main reason for this. And so if there's any motivation for parents is to, you know, help your child live a joyful, long, right. happy life. Yeah, it might be some work at the beginning, but yeah. once you get everything in place, it naturally flows. Almost seems like you should create a, like a transition program for parents where the parents and the kids come in once a week and learn the science and learn the how-to. Because I think you're right, kids like to have choices. Like, you know, you don't say to your kid, you have to wear your blue dress tomorrow. You could say, hey, would you like to wear the blue one or the pink one? And kids like to be able to have choices. And it's, if your kid hates broccoli, they never have to eat broccoli. But they, so what you can do is offer many choices and have them go to the store with you. And when you make dinner, make it like, like a bowl situation. What I mean is instead of saying, okay, well, we're having enchiladas tonight and that's it. You eat them or not. They're spinach enchiladas. No, cook a grain, like a, like a white rice, white, uh, like a wild rice or a quinoa or a millet. You have a grain and then maybe cook a type of bean or a starch, like a potato or a sweet potato, and then have all these toppings. Kids love to make their own plate and feel like they have a choice. Maybe they don't like sweet potatoes, but they'll take corn and have them make, they, people love to be creative in general, but kids especially. So if you, and, and also it's easier for the parent because they don't have to sit there and make a recipe like an enchilada or lasagna. They can batch cook their grains, their beans, have them some of them in the freezer and just and, and create meals that way maybe change the sauce up but I've seen kids just they, it's like a salad bar they people like choosing and and again if kids absolutely are vegetable adverse have them eat the one they hate the least I mean mm-hmm. most kids will eat a cherry tomato most kids I mean I'm sure there's some that won't but there's always going to be some vegetable even if you have to start them with the starchy vegetable like the corn and the peas that's fine they may not have the taste receptors yet to to appreciate bitter greens you don't have to force your kid to eat kale, but there's got to be something. The other thing parents can do is hide healthy food in other food. 
One of the recipes in Unprocessed is for a nutrient-rich chocolate smoothie. Well, it's got a half a pound of spinach, but because of the dates and the cocoa powder, you can't in the blueberries and the banana. It tastes like a chocolate shake, and if the kid doesn't see you making it, or, or, or even a green smoothie, if you put it in a cup that's not see-through, just find ways to get more fruits and vegetables in them. When you're making a marinara sauce, for example, you can blend in things like carrots and red bell pepper and beets and all kinds of nutritious vegetables that won't show up in the final product. Same thing with soups. You know, most kids will eat soups um, and, and that's, you can cut up the vegetables really, really small so they almost don't notice. But, but to just say, well, he won't, Johnny won't eat vegetables, give up. I mean, do you, ha- do you have no rules, boundaries, and limitations in other areas? You know, so, but it does seem to be harder with food. Parents are tired, they're stressed. And again, it's not hard when the parent is really eating this way themselves because this is how we eat. And it, it just, what happens is they got sucked into the pleasure trap. And it is, it is much easier to go through the drive through at McDonald's. It is much easier. But when you have to go to chemotherapy at Children's Hospital because of those choices, that's a lot harder and it's a lot more expensive. And, and, and you know, I've seen that. I mean, I actually had a girl come to my class whose son had leukemia for the second time under the age of 10. And she said, but he likes chicken McNuggets. And it's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, of course kids like it. Kids, I promise you, if you could give your kid cocaine, they would like it too. I'm sure they would. Most people that taste it, I've never had it, say they like it. But just because they like it doesn't mean it's good for them. So you have to take this seriously and, you know, change yourself. It's like they say in the airplane, if we experience a drop in cabin pressure, an oxygen mask will drop, put it on yourself, then put it on your kid. The parents have to really clean up their own diet first and, and start leading by example, because a lot of times kids want to emulate the parents. And, you know, we talk a lot about the mother, but some of the research I've read actually says kids will, even, even female children tend to eat more like the father. So it's really important that dad gets on board too. And it's not like, well, this is, mommy eats this way because it's healthy and daddy continues to eat all his junk food. It, it, it's a, the family is a system and you need to, uh, I don't want to say it's a it's problem, but this, to, you know, work on it together and make it fun. Take your classes, you know, Get a Yonanas machine. Most people love banana ice cream. It's not ice cream. It's just a frozen banana, and kids can put on walnuts and cacao nibs if they want and fresh berries. So just get, find ways to get more healthy food in. The, the problem is, is while they're eating junk, the healthy food won't taste as good. And so there's going to be a little bit of a balance there to, to accomplish. But uh, the more healthy food you can get in, the better. However, by any greens necessary, as they Absolutely. say. Absolutely. And I love that because it does – you know, it, it has to be fun. It has to be fun, not just for the kids, but for the parents too. I mean, nobody wants a boring life and like, blah, 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 you know, but this food, when you neuroadapt is fun and exciting and it's colorful and vibrant and beautiful. And you almost feel the antioxidants just jumping into your body. And I love what you said about doing the setup. I teach that in my classes, actually, where I say, make a bar of the different ingredients. And one of your favorite ones that you talk about is the potato bar, where you have all the ingredients, put it on top of the potato. But you can do the same thing with a a whole wheat wrap. They can put different things in there or a a whole wheat pizza crust, Mm -hmm. um, a salad. I mean, you can make it all kinds of different ways, change the theme, change the spices, and the kids love it. And they feel like they got to make choices, which Mm -hmm. helps empower them. So they don't feel forced into something. And over time, they will try and accept 
new vegetables and fruits that they hadn't in the past. So that is really important. And think about changing the way you cook them. Like nobody, I mean, if I had to eat just, you know, kale boiled till it was gray, I wouldn't like it. But we have this machine now called an air fryer. And I'm telling you, it's like there's something magical with that. You put, even vegetables I never like, like mushrooms, you put them in the air fryer and it's like, wow, everything tastes good. So think about getting new creative cooking methods under your belt. And it doesn't have to be difficult. A lot of us use the Instant Pot electric pressure cooker. You can get a $10 discount with my name, AJ, on the instantpot.com website. You can make soups and stews and chilies really easily. You can make non-dairy cheese sauce that are velvety and smooth and delicious that you can be putting over baked chips or broccoli or baked potatoes. So, so this food can be delicious. There's cookbooks geared just towards children and families now that are plant-based and awesome. But again, you know, just like they say, charity begins at home, healthy eating begins at home, and it has to start with the parents because you can't, you know, it's sort of like, you know, we grew up and, you know, my parents would smoke and they say, well, no, don't you guys smoke? And it's like, really? Well, I ended up smoking because, I mean, come on. I mean, you know, I'm breathing smoke for like the first, you know, 11 years of my life, but it, it's, 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 not, it's not do as I say. You can't just do do as I say, not as I do. That you model the healthy eating and make it enjoyable and make it fun and they will follow. And also if they won't, don't give them a choice, especially if they're four, you know, yes, they will kick and scream for a while, but they will get over it. It's when you, when they see you're not going to give in, then they're going to eat it. Like you say, no, you know, Dr. Jay Gordon, who's a very well, uh, world renowned vegan pediatrician in LA says that no child has ever starved themselves. That's exactly right. And I agree with you a hundred percent. The only caveat of course, is the children that have some developmental delays, right. chromosomal, yes. that's, that's different. That's but for your average healthy child, right. they they usually do not go to bed hungry if it's right. <laughs> their choice, you know, right. so. And again, um, one meal one meal skip is not gonna, they're nope, gonna be not gonna hurt anybody. Um, I wanted to go back, you, you mentioned how important the father is, and I agree too, the more family members that you can get on board, the better it's going to be to support everybody's habits. But I wanted to ask you specifically, about finding support through other communities. How important is it to have other people in your life that you can ask questions of, be doing the same thing, walk that journey together? It is so important. And there's so many free resources now, especially on Facebook. Sharon McRae has one. I believe it's it's under the... I, when you, if you have show notes, I'll find out the name, but it's, I think it's based on Joel Furman's book, Disease Proof Your Child. And she's the moderator of a Facebook group. There are things you can do. And there's, I think it's called firefighter approved. There's all these different Facebook groups for mommies and kids where you can get ideas and share recipes and it's completely free. So, so it's very helpful because they understand what you're going through. Like, Oh, Susie wouldn't eat you know, the Brussels sprouts. Well, you know, you can talk to people in real time. Sometimes they're you know, all over the world and somebody's almost always on Facebook. So, it, you know, and then you can ask questions and it's helpful to see that there's support out there and that other people have gone through it and succeeded. Because if nobody succeeded at this, we'd have nobody feeding their kids fruits and vegetables. But we see by that interview I did with Sharon McRae that it is possible not only to get your kids to eat fruits and vegetables, for them to actually end up preferring them, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and feeling good and not having some of the behavioral problems as their classmates that are eating a processed junk food diet with lots of sugar and chemicals from the Red Bull and the Gatorade. And, and it, you know, it's like if parents could understand that – that when they give these things like Cheetos and Gatorade, they're really, they're giving their kids drugs. They're giving their kids drugs. And you wouldn't give your kids 
you know, prescription drugs that weren't prescribed for them or recreational drugs, you have to start seeing food as medicine. And that if it's blue and if it's orange, unless it's a blueberry and an orange, it's not food. It's a drug. It's a chemical. And it's having adverse effects and it's rewiring their brain chemistry in an unfavorable manner. And especially if their kids are behaviorally uh, difficult. I mean, it's amazing when you eat a clean diet, how that just goes away or gets dialed down greatly, you know, For sure. And, and that's something that I talk about with children that have this diagnosis known as ADHD. I myself call it a brain difference, but they, these children are more sensitive to food dyes, artificial sweeteners even, and they really should be on a diet that's high in fiber, high in leafy greens and berries and omega-3 fats from whole food sources. So I agree sure. with you 100%. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to point out about the online communities, which you have a great one, is not that you just see these great examples, people celebrating their successes so you can have role models, but if you're having a difficult time and you have a question, people come to your rescue and it's start thinking, okay, I did it this way, but then somebody else is like, oh, well, I did it this way. And then you get all kinds of ideas on how you can take yeah. your problem and find a solution. But at the same time, when you're having a celebration, it augments your motivation because if nobody else supports you and something good happens, it may get toned down by the fact that you have naysayers in your life. But whenever you go to an online community and you're like, my child had a bite of broccoli today and I'm so happy. Everybody's like, oh, way to go. Keep on yep. going. Don't give up. And your motivation gets augmented. So it gives you that energy to keep fighting that fight and trucking along even when it gets difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you say, like in our group, somebody makes a post and like a minute later, there's like 50 comments. So if you find the right group, you've got to find the right group for you. Like they say, find your tribe and love them hard because on a, if you're having a bad day, that, that's one of the best things, the best uses of social media that I know of, that, that they have this, this way of interacting with each other. And, and you can find one for almost any uh, goal you want to attain or problem you're trying to solve, which is great. And again, you know, if you're on Facebook, most of the groups are free or some are low cost, but it, it really is a wonderful resource, especially if you live in a place, I don't want to single out the South, but that's a place where I seem to get a lot of people where healthy eating isn't really popular or being modeled or, you know, yeah. And in rural areas too, where you just don't have as many people that might be on that trend yet of being health conscious. Yeah. Well, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you a couple of personal questions. Sure. And the first one is, if you could tell us, what is one person? I'm so sorry. That's never happened to me before. Oh, are you? Are you yeah. Uh, did you get my little hand signals that, that you froze? Yeah, I that's okay. I don't okay. worry too much about it. It wasn't too bad, but I've never had it drop off. And I don't... Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I, all of a sudden, you were saying you wanted to ask me a more personal question, and then it froze. Okay. Well, and it's still recording, so I hope I didn't lose the whole first part. But we'll pick up where I left off. So Okay, great. Um, Probably you didn't, yeah. Well, I wanted to know what personal habit you have that you're most proud of, how did you develop it, and how do you maintain it? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so, hmm, my, <laughs> this is going to sound odd to people that aren't in ultimate weight loss that have never understood food addiction, but the personal habit that I'm most proud of is, and my husband too, who's never been overweight, is that we eat vegetables for breakfast. And uh, so I discovered this when I was at True North working. 
several years ago at Christmas because on Christmas Day, Dr. Goldhammer gives the staff the day off. So it's just me, him, and his son, Gar, working at the kitchen. And so we have to fill the orders because even though it's a fasting center, uh, people have to eat. Like, they don't just fast forever. As they come off the fast, they eat. And the first food that they ate, they eat is steamed zucchini. I think it goes, they, they break the fast maybe on broth or juice, and then they eat steamed zucchini. And so I never liked zucchini, ever. Like, it was, to me, the bastard child of vegetables. It's like, why would anybody eat zucchini? That's just stupid. I mean, even, even when I started eating vegetables, it's like, ugh, that's just, bleh. And so they would have steamed zucchini, and it would come on a plate with one of those metal things. And so I was delivering it to the rooms. And my last delivery was this really pretty girl that used to weigh 300 pounds that doesn't anymore. And she came there every year to fast at the holidays. And she said, why don't you sit down, and we'll talk. And I'm like, okay. You know, I don't have to be back. And so she took the metal thing off. This was her first food in her fast. I think her fast was maybe 10 days or two weeks. And like she literally started crying, but tears of joy, you know, that could, she could eat again. And she, she picked it up like somebody would like a fine wine and she sniffed it. And then she kind of took a piece and then she ate it. And she went, mm. oh, I thought I was watching Harry Met Sally. <laughs> this girl is crazy. So I went back to the kitchen and I started making some steamed zucchini. Cause I, like, I was like, there must be something magical about the zucchini in Santa Rosa, right? So I made some zucchini and Dr. Rose Goldhammer said, We're, there's no more orders. What are you doing? I said, I don't know. I just, I got to try this zucchini. And what I really learned there is that when you're hungry enough to eat vegetables, you're, you're hungry. And when people say, I don't like vegetables, they make me gag. Well, the thing is, is what I learned is that when people are truly hunger, hungry, any food will satisfy hunger. And because I was somebody that was obese from the age of five to the age of 52, I always ate outside of the demands of true hunger. And I never really knew what hunger was because I was eating fools, great foods that fooled my brain satiety mechanisms and my stretch receptors. And I trained myself that to eat vegetables as my first food of the day, which may sound weird unless you're not from the United States, because as I traveled the world, I learned that people of all cultures, except for the United States, don't eat just vegetables for breakfast, but they eat vegetables as part of their breakfast. There's kimchi served in Korea. There's pickled vegetables served in China. When I went to Japan almost 30 years ago for a job, I was not even a chef yet. I was a vegan though. What the breakfast was in the hotel was miso, vegetable miso soup, salad, and rice. So the rest of the world eats savory breakfast, but in the United States, 67% of the people start their day with box cereal, processed cereal, where they may as well just eat the box. They're starting with sugar or flour. They're not eating whole grains. And so um, I started that habit, and my husband did too, not because he needed to lose weight. He sort of did it in solidarity. And he realized that if he didn't eat vegetables first, he probably wasn't going to eat them because when you eat foods that are more appealing, of a higher caloric density that produce more dopamine, you don't go eat a hot fudge sundae and then say, oh, shoot, I forgot to eat my kale. It doesn't work that way. And so this is something I've done with the exception of when I'm on the cruise and I can't always get steamed vegetables, but this is something I've done religiously since January 2nd, 2012. And I know it's responsible for my calm, stable brain, for my maintaining my 50 pound weight loss. You know, I talked to Dr. Lyle about it and he says, look, I don't know if there's anything in the medical literature that supports that, but he says he's like a self-esteem thing because who would do that if they weren't really serious about a healthy lifestyle, it's sort of like people that exercise in the morning. 
Since implementing that habit, I have found two articles in the medical literature that support it as far as food addiction and weight loss is concerned, that apparently in vegetables, there are these compounds, especially the bitter ones, that actually do something with those hormones, ghrelin and leptin, but that actually turn off the hunger switch and stop the cravings for sugar. So that's a habit I implemented. I'm proud of it. I mean, believe me, like I, I, I'm, I look around the house and I see the cooked sweet potatoes and the ripe fruit and my, my husband eats oatmeal after vegetables. Could I eat those? Sure. Like I could eat them and then I wake up. But I know that, that if I do this habit, it's just you start your day in a nutrient dense, savory way. And that doesn't mean the day's always going to go perfectly, but that's why, you know, it's like brush. It's now become an automatic habit, like brushing my teeth. I wake up, I cook my vegetables. I don't eat them till I'm hungry, but that's how I know that I'm in touch with what real hunger is. Because I'm telling you when the steamed zucchini starts to look good and smell good, I know I'm hungry. That's not all I eat. I eat, if you saw my Episode 36 of Weight Loss Wednesday, 10 pounds of food, at least three to four pounds of starch. I eat lots of starch afterwards, but that's a habit that I'm, I implemented, that I'm proud of, and that a lot of people are doing now, thanks to me, I think. Uh, that's going to be my thing, maybe on my tombstone. She created VFB, vegetables for breakfast. And, you know, and I do other good habits, too. I mean, I walk my dog for an hour every morning, too. You know, believe me, it would be much more fun to stay in bed and, you know, do whatever you people do in bed, I guess, just, you know, <laughs> check Facebook. But, but it's, it's, it, I, think, I think starting your day with good habits, you know, it, it's hard to catch up. If you didn't go to the gym, I'm not saying there aren't people that don't exercise later at the day, but for the most part, it's much harder to play catch up. You get tired. It's much harder to get those veggies in after you've eaten all the other fun stuff and the good stuff. So that's what I'm proud of, and that's what I teach other people to do. They resist it, and when they start doing it, they see their life change, and it's a good thing, and it's it's maybe weird, but it works. I love it. And it's true. It's, it's not just self-esteem, but neurochemically, we do get a dopamine hit in our brain when we do things that we're proud of. Yeah, and absolutely. so if you got your exercise in, if you ate your vegetable, that gives you more enthusiasm to tackle your other habits and goals for the day. And I do as well eat vegetables for breakfast, I would say 90% of the time. And I love it and I crave it. And it's something I look forward to every day. It's true. Yeah, the more you do it, the more you will crave it. You know, I, I used to start every day with a Coke Slurpee, and before that, with a cup of coffee and a cigarette, and that didn't that didn't do very much for my self esteem. But you're right. Yeah, proud is a word that I do feel about my eating habits. I really do feel proud about them, and I want to keep that up. And so I, you know, it's rewarding, and 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 it's not like anybody here sees me do it. You know what I mean? Nobody. I mean, except for you're asking. Nobody. I mean, my dog doesn't care, but but it does. It makes me feel good about myself. You know, knowing that I'm doing something good for me. And Chef AJ, you work really hard, seem to be tireless. You do your Facebook lives, you run the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, you're working on a new book. I want to know what motivates you, even when there's hard days that you're exhausted and you're just like, oh, why do all these people keep asking me the same question over and over again? What motivates you personally to keep doing this hard work and to keep following your good habits every day? Well, because every now and then somebody actually listens to me and it's like, it's because, you know, it's funny because I was talking to my Reiki guru yesterday and you know, I, I, those that read my book on process know I couldn't have children. I had four miscarriages and so I couldn't have biological children. So it's like I mother these in a way I'm their mother. They're the mother figure because they didn't learn to eat healthy. And it's like, it's sort of like if you're a parent and you see your kid, 
graduate high school or college. I mean, when somebody get, I get so frustrated with these people, they drive them crazy. But when somebody gets it, like, like a Shada, like a BJ, like a Heather, and there's many more people that have lost tremendous amounts of weight. But it's not just about the weight, but they get that stable, calm brain and they get the self-confidence. Uh, you know, and the Kristens and the Tammies, I'm like, oh, you know, my kids are going to be fine. And so I think that's what motivates me. And the other thing that motivates me is that I get really sad when I see how fat people are. And I don't mean to be like a, I'm not trying to shame people. I was fat most of my life. But when I mean people, I mean children. Because I'll have clients come to me that are 300 pounds and they'll say, well, you don't know what it's like to be 300 pounds. And I'm like, no, but I know what it's like to be almost 200 pounds. And what people don't understand about me is that I was fat before fat was acceptable. So I was born in 1960 and my classrooms had about 40 people in them. And I was the fat kid from kindergarten to 12th grade to high school. I was pretty much the only fat kid. So maybe I don't know what it's like to be fat in 2017 where I think one out of every three children are and 75% of the population is. And I know that the, the pain and the shame, even if you're not being bullied, of how hard it is, especially for a female. And I don't want any girl to have to go through that. You know, I don't want them. I want them to be empowered. I want them to have self-esteem. You know, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Doug Lyle today about something that is not much talked about which is the price of obesity and not from a medical standpoint of, you know, all cause mortality or diabetes or heart disease, but from the cost, especially for a female as she, you know, reaches puberty. And he talks about this in his podcast that a lot of people don't know about beat your genes. And I want people to become empowered and know that they have a choice because I don't want people to suffer mentally. Even I think sometimes that's even worse than like if you have a physical disease, because a lot of times physical diseases, there's a cure, there's a pill, there's a surgery. But suffering from low self-esteem, chronic low self-esteem, it's horrible. And, and unfortunately, and I didn't design the world, but the number one predictor of self-esteem in a female is her weight. It's just the way it is. And if I could do things to improve your self-esteem without changing your weight, I'd love to learn how to do that. But we know that when you start to slim down and start feeling better about yourself, your world changes. And it's almost like I was given this gift. And, and, and again, you know, I went to True North. I learned this from Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer. It's the same thing that Google's been teaching. I just didn't actually go to his center. And I feel like I'm, when you're given a gift like this and a chance for a better life, you want to tell people about it. You want to shout it from the rooftops. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but I want people to be, especially women, because, you know, being an overweight man has its problems, but not like for a woman. It's, it, it's just not the same. And I want women to know that they don't have to be, that it's actually relatively simple, not always easy. And I really, I really want, I, nothing drives me crazy, crazier than a highly agreeable people pleasing woman. You know, there's a saying, well-behaved women rarely, make history and nice girls finish fat. And I want women to be empowered. And, and when they take control of their health destiny through their food choices, th they will feel this empowerment. And that's what I want to give to women, especially girls. I want to catch them before they get fat like I did. I don't want them to have to go through the same suffering that I did because of their weight. And the sooner you become overweight, the harder it's going to be. And that's why it's so important for parents to feed their kids in a manner to not get them overweight in the first place, especially if they're overweight and they have that genetic predisposition. We know that genetics loads the gun, but it's the diet that pulls the trigger. So 
guys, stop pulling the trigger on your own family. You've got to, you've got to take this seriously. You really do. And so I guess that's what keeps me motivated because I do, I really do get impatient and frustrated and I'm known as the mean cop, but it's, it's because I, I know how much suffering is associated with this. And I know how much, like you said, joy and pleasure is associated with people that do it. I mean, look at those pictures that Kristen and BJ put. I mean, they're on. I mean, it's, 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 it's infectious almost. And, you know, it's sort of like, I want you to want what she has and I want you to know you can have it. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. At first, is it going to take work? Of course it is. But anything in life that has been worthwhile took some effort, right? Mm -hmm. So anyway, Sorry, it's like, I feel like I should have been there on Sunday morning. Like, hey, you are you are very passionate, and I thank you so much for all the work you do because you really are tireless. You really do give a lot of yourself and your advice and your experience. So I really appreciate that. My pleasure. You have a new book coming out soon. Do yes. you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, it's, it's this one is is uh, the first book is probably better for families because it has richer recipes. This is for people that really have struggled with weight and food addiction. The working title is Chef AJ's Ultimate Weight Loss Secrets. We don't know if that's going to be a different title. We hope, but we're waiting to hear from the attorney. And it's this it's my story. Which, by the way, if people say, "Well, what does this skinny bitch know about weight loss uh, or or about being overweight?" Just watch my talk on YouTube, Doctor McDougall has it on his website and on YouTube. It's called From Fat Vegan to Skinny Bitch. So the book is a little bit my story, but you can skip my story and read the other five chap- other six chapters, which is basically how to, to how to eat this way and, and why to eat this way, especially if you want to lose weight. And, and here's the thing. You could be skinny and still want to eat this way just for disease prevention, disease reversal. You might need to eat a little bit more high-fat plant foods like nuts, seeds, and avocado, especially if you're underweight or struggling to keep weight on. But the way I pr- propose to eat for weight loss is the same way all the, pretty much all the plant-based doctors propose to eat for health. And even Dr. Esselstyn uses my slide, my calorie density slide in his talk as you know, we're supposed to eat fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, and maybe a little bit of nuts and seeds and avocado. And if we do eat animal products and processed food, they should be the the garnish on the plate and not the mainstay as it is right now. And that's kind of really been my message for a long time is to eat real food, not processed food. And uh, you do that and you will feel better, you'll look better, and you'll have more energy to do the things you want to do and have the life you deserve. Yay. Well, I can't wait to read it. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's going to be great. What is the best place that people can find you and your work? Yeah. So my website is eatunprocessed.com and there's webinars, free ones, and there's lots of videos on YouTube. Chef AJ, they can follow me. They can follow me on Facebook or just Google Chef AJ and there's all I'm, I'm, I'm like master Carmen everywhere you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chef AJ, thank you. Thank well, you. Thank, thank you, you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast. Absolutely. It is such an honor and pleasure. That was a wonderful conversation. I love your passion. I love your energy. Thank you again for everything that you do. I'll make sure to put all of your contact info on the show notes and I will be seeing you back at the group and at your program in Las Vegas in September. Oh, so I'm looking wait. forward That's to that. Fantastic. So. Thank you, doc. Thank you very much. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocketsurgeonsmusic. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com 
forward slash veggie fit kids, or you can email me at veggie doctor, V E G G I E D O C T O R, at veggiefitkids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.